Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Joined by Timmy Goodtimes, Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA reporter. What's going on, Tim? Hey, Max. How you doing, man? What's up, Timmy Tim? What's up, T? What's up, Key? How you doing, man? Jay man, Will? You guys good? Yeah, man. Tell, tell me about Ice Spice, man. What you know about that? <laughs> I can't talk too much about that, I have to admit. I didn't think we were going to be starting there. Thank goodness, Tim. <laughs> we don't need to talk to you about Ice Spice. Hey, I, I was, enough with Ice Spice and Jordan Poole. We'll save that conversation for another day. Um, Tim, I, I do want to ask you, I, I just came from Get Up, and I was hearing Brian Windhorst talk about the fact that now for Anthony Davis, his own fate is out of his hands. It will ultimately determine by the doctors whether he will be able to play tomorrow night if he were to enter a concussion protocol. Uh, what are your thoughts just around that, about the timing of all this, and the odds of whether you think he will play or not? Well, Brian and I were texting last night during the game when he went out, when he got hit in the head, and that was sort of our first thought was, man, if this guy ends up in the concussion protocol, it's going to be very difficult for him to play uh, in game six. I mean, look, I, I think as long as he, you know, I hope he's able to be out there and play, um, you know, the fact that we got to this point in the playoffs with the way AD has been playing, um, you know, the, the health stuff with him, which has always sort of cropped up, has not really been an issue. And given how this series has gone and how massive on so many levels this game six is tomorrow night for both teams, you know, I just really hope that uh, we're in a situation where, you know, he's out there on the court tomorrow night playing for the Lakers because certainly, you know, with the way this series has played out, it would be a really, a really terrible shame if we're looking at this just massive game six with all these huge historical implications on both sides and one of the key players on either side isn't playing. And, it, and so how do you feel now, though, with the possibility of him not playing the Warriors' chances at Crypto tomorrow night, the last time they was there, a nail-biter the night prior to that, the game prior to that, a blowout? I, I mean, look, I was I was thinking about this last night after that loss. I mean, I don't really know what to make of this game six key. I mean, I think the Lakers are 6-0 and at home in this postseason. As, as you well know, they have risen up every time there's been a challenge, and they've met it pretty impressively. Um, but you're also looking at this Warriors team that has won a road playoff game and I think 29 consecutive series that has been, you know, in these kinds of situations before. I was in Oklahoma City when they won game six and came back and won from down 3-1 in that series. They obviously have been in a million playoff battles before. You saw Draymond and Wiggins step up and help Steph last night. I would, I, I feel like this is going to end up in a game seven somehow, and Golden State's going to pull this thing out. Um, but if it, if AD is out there and playing the way he has been, certainly if you're the Lakers, you're going to go into that game thinking you're very confident that you can win a seventh straight home game and and get this thing over with because. I mean, they have been awesome in L.A., and the Warriors, over historically, over time, have never played well there. Steph and Clay have never shot well there, didn't shoot well there in games three and four. So, with all these, with everything that's on the line on both sides, I just it's just going to be a truly fascinating game tomorrow night, and I don't really have a great feel for how it's going to go. Tim, mm. uh, <laughs> just because maybe it's just a former player of me, and I, I've often said this before, 
Uh, but now definitely understanding who's an opposite end of that. Uh, Draymond Green had a, had a pretty big game uh, the other night. Pushed the ball in transition, uh, was more of a facilitator, yep. even after made and missed shots. Defensively, though, his physicality, I think, was also something that kind of forced AD to be more on the perimeter as well to being content to shoot shots from the perimeter. Do you think the combination of AD being hit like that by Kevon Looney matched with the physicality of Draymond? Do you think we'll see an even more physical Draymond Green? Because Draymond is the person that once he smells blood in the water, like he definitely tries to point those things out and takes advantage of that. Do you think we'll see that type of strategy from Dre if AD is allowed to play tomorrow night? Well, look, I, I certainly think, to your point, J-Well, when you look at the course of Draymond's Green, Draymond Green's career, right? When he when he senses an opportunity, he goes at it full bore, and I'm sure he's going to be turned up to 11 in this game six. I mean, like you said, he was all over the place in game five, scoring, distributing, flying around on defense. Obviously, he made that critical mistake at the end of game four. And look, we saw after Draymond got suspended in game five, all the way back in 2016. It's sort of been forgotten in history. He had one of the all-time great performances in that Game 7. Just was overshadowed by the way LeBron played, right? So, and obviously the Kyrie shot. So, I expect him to show up in a big way. I expect Steph to show up. The swing guy in that Game 6, to me, is probably going to be Clay Thompson, who has not played to his level in this series. But, obviously, Game 6 Clay is a pretty legendary thing with the Warriors, and there would be no better time for him to have a big game than with Golden State's season on the line tomorrow night. But I certainly think, to your point, that Draymond is going to be ready to go, and I'll be pretty surprised if the thing we're talking about after that game Friday night is that Draymond Green did not play well. Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA reporter with us, KJM ESPN Radio. Tim, I, right about Draymond, right? Like he's a big game performer in, in 16. He was about to be series MVP, finals MVP, had it not been for – you know, the, the, the uh, Cavs coming back on him. But we've been asking today, if LeBron needs it, if the team needs it, is he still capable, as James Harden has shown he is against the Celtics, is it still in there somewhere where he, he can turn back the clock, LeBron, and give you the 40-point triple-double kind of thing that he used to do? Do you think it's still in there if he's called upon to do it? I'm not sure if it is or not, but I think we might find out tomorrow, right? Because that might be what's required to win this game. And look, go back to the Memphis game uh, in the last round, that game four. Like LeBron, you know, turned it on at the end of regulation. He hit those shots in regulation overtime. He won that game. And if it's a close game in game six tomorrow night, you know, maybe the Lakers will have Lonnie Walker or Austin Reeves or somebody else step up. But you would have to assume if this is a close game that the ball is going to be in LeBron's hands with a couple minutes to go, and we'll see if he has the ability to get them over the line. But, you know, I think one way or the other, Max, to your point, I don't know if it'll be a 40-point triple-double, but I, I think that, again, sort of like with Draymond, you know, I'm just fascinated to see what LeBron looks like in that game and what kind of energy he has because you know down the stretch in that game four, like I mean, as you guys all saw, like it was Lonnie Walker they were running ATOs for. He was burying shots left and right. Um, you know, this is a pretty brutal every other day schedule for this Laker team. So, I mean, it's 
I, I just there's been few games with more on the line on both sides than this one tomorrow night. I think it's just got a chance to be one that we remember for a long, long time, sort of regardless of who winds up winning it. Tim, I'm going to give you a double-barrel question here. You know, coming out of the East and the West, who do you see coming out right now, and who do you see winning the final? Well, it's funny. I'm, I'm on my way right now to Philly to see the Celtics and Sixers tonight, and somehow I, I feel like the favorite to win the title right now is Philly, which it's sort of amazing to say given everything that this franchise has gone through over the past several years. But if they can pull off this victory tonight, I mean, I think they're in the driver's seat. They're going to end up with either the Heat or the Knicks in the conference finals. And no matter who you like in the West, they're going to have a far more difficult, in theory, conference finals matchup uh, than the Sixers will. And the Sixers will then have home court in the NBA finals against whoever they play. And with Joel Embiid getting back to where, you know, he's feeling good physically, with James Harden playing really well in this series for the most part, Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris stepping up, depth pieces coming in for Philly. I think they are the team that if I had to pick right now, I would pick to win. In the West, I'm going to say Denver, simply because I feel good about Denver's chances of winning their series and they'll have home court in the in the conference finals, and I still don't have a great sense of how this Warriors-Lakers thing is going to go. And I do think the, the, the Denver has been great in these playoffs, and they're going to have home court and Jokic has been incredible. But, honestly, you can make a pretty decent argument right now, I think, for all four teams that are left in the West to get out, and, and I could believe any of them. So, uh, these playoffs so far have just been completely wide open. I'm really excited for these last couple rounds to see how they shake out. But, you know, we've talked a lot about how momentous this game could be in L.A. tomorrow night. It's the same thing here in Philly. I thought after Milwaukee lost, the winner of this series would be the favorite to win the title, and – I certainly thought that was going to be Boston until the way the game went on Tuesday night. Now, Joel Embiid has a chance to carry his team home tonight in game six and, and put himself in a position to do stuff he hasn't done before. Will you be here tomorrow night? I know you're in Philly, but will you make the, this trip track for here tomorrow night? <laughs> I We have about 7 trillion people in L.A., Keyshawn, so I think I'll be in L.A. if they make the finals and probably not before then. But I, would, okay. I wish I was going to be there because that's going to be a uh, – it's gonna be a That's going to be a special game, no yes, matter yes. what. Hey, Tim, uh, I wanted to ask you real quick, because I know you're covering uh, the Celtics, and you're assuming that they're going to lose tonight, and that Philly closes it out at home. Um, Jalen Brown made all NBA, which means he's eligible for that five-year, $295 million contract. Do you think the Celtics, if they lose tonight, will offer him, even though he's eligible, that Five-year, two ninety-five. Do you think they'll try to negotiate him down? How do you see this playing out in particular for Jalen Brown with the Boston Celtics? Well, to be clear, I am not predicting necessarily that the Sixers are winning this game tonight. I okay. am fascinated to see how this goes. Boston is, I think, six and one or six and two yeah. over the last two playoffs after a loss. This team has shown time and again they can come back and win, including last year in Game Six in Milwaukee after losing Game Five at home. Uh, to the Bucks in that series. So I hear you. let's just assume we'll they lose. They, let's just assume if they lose tonight. Well, then, right. right. Just I just wanted to make that clear that I I am curious to see how this goes tonight. However, okay. I do think Jalen's going to be back with the Celtics on a supermax extension. I could see them maybe negotiating it a little bit, but I think Jalen, with the way the Celtics' salary structure is set up over the next few years, I don't think it will make a huge difference. Like I want to say it'll be a 
$5 million a year difference if they negotiate it down to like 32 or 31%, which is a significant difference, but not a massive one. Okay. Um, so I, I expect that that will get done this summer, and I think they'll have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown uh, locked up for the foreseeable future because whether they win this series or not, you have to look at the Celtics as a championship contending team, and their window is wide open. They've got a bunch of guys on their team in their mid-20s, this obviously would be a very disappointing end of their season after making it to the finals last year and losing and their whole season being geared around getting back there and winning this year. But I think that Jalen Brown will be a Celtic next year after he has today's announcement. And I think this team believes that its window is wide open no matter what happens. Okay. Tim Bontemps, ladies and gentlemen, ESPN NBA reporter. Have fun, Tim. All right, Timmy. All right, thanks, fellas. Good Let's go, Lakers. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Time for Jay's game plan. Celtics at Sixers, Nuggets at Suns. What you got, Jay? So for the Celtics versus 76ers closeout game, and I think for the Celtics, showing a sense of urgency, actually meeting ball handlers early, applying pressure on James Harden, actually playing like this is a closeout scenario for the 76ers. Look, a lot of questions around Jalen Brown not disappearing late in the game. It would be nice to see this team actually hit their stride. And I'm not just talking about making threes or layups. Like, actually finding some guys that can find a rhythm, creating shots in the middle and attacking the rim. Like, they are the better team on paper. On paper. Philly's the better team, actually, on the court. So, like, props to Philly for this. Because you're looking at the talent on the 76ers and you're wondering why you guys can't get it together but actually playing like this game matters. Maybe it's a closeout game. We'll see the best version of, this, of the Celtics. But like, I need that sense of urgency that, frankly, was not there in game five when they were just very lethargic, very just like, okay, James Harden, I'm not forcing you one way or the other. Go whatever way you want to go. Okay, Joe Mazzula, actually, you know, put Marcus Smart and let him front Joel Embiid. Please play Al Horford off P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker does not shoot the ball well right now. Sag him in the middle and really clog up the paint. Make it different for Joel Embiid. Let him see double teams. Give them different looks. And for the 76ers, just keep doing what you're doing. James Harden, keep going to work and screen and roll, right? Keep playing off with Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, keep doing your thing on post-ups on the block. Ain't nobody stopping you. Robert Williams ain't stopping you. And then James Harden, Keep being in your bag isolation-wise. And Maxi and Tobias Harris, if you guys stay aggressive and you attack, I really think you can question the identity of the Boston Celtics because nobody right now knows who the hell the Boston Celtics are. 
Max, the second game tonight. Ooh. Nuggets at Suns. Close out time, and you're on top of your game today, Max <laughs> Kellerman. Let's go. It's time. Devin Booker, Kevin Durant. Max, did you say you were waiting for the signature game from KD? I am. Signature game time, game six. Devin Booker has carried a lot of load. AD's been doing – I mean, KD's been doing this thing too. Look, I'm so thoughtful about AD right now. Yeah, I know. Now. He's and on everyone's mind. He's on everybody's oh. mind. KD has been doing this thing too, but that signature game. They're going to need one from Kevin Durant. We talked, last, we talked yesterday about this 2-1-1 theory as it relates to the playoffs, right? Your best player has to win you two games. Your second best player has to win you one game. Your bench has to win you one game. Well, the bench has won a game. Landry Shaman and company, right? Oh, Devin Booker has won you a couple of games as well. Kevin Durant, am I saying he's the second best player? Try this one, even if you are. Win a game. Win a game. (laughs) Hey, Keyshawn. (coughs) Yes. Who's been the best player for the Phoenix Suns? D-Book. I mean, it's been oh, Book. Okay, but so, 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 Kevin so, Durant, but Kevin Durant, no, 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 Oh, I get it. You still get the four. That Big way. shoulders. Yeah, four, two, one, one, Max. Yeah, four. Uh, so. Moving on, Denver. That still leaves room for whoever moving you say is Denver. better between KD and Book to get you the next one. Okay. I thought we just clarified that Book has been the best player in the playoffs. But if has he KD not? has a huge game to because number two has to get you one game too, right? Yes, that that's. Then maybe you start thinking he's the best player again, but you still got one for wiggle room. Is my point. Go ahead. Anyway, I, <laughs> I'm trying to count to four. I, I can't with you sometimes, man. You just why is so many wrinkles that don't even need to be wrinkled? So many wrinkles that don't, don't need to be ironed. Aren't I ironing the wrinkles? No. In your no. mind, you're ironing them. You're actually just making them more wrinkled. Hmm. Anyway, Denver. Yo. Joel. I'm going to say, I can't get my names right. Jokic. He's been an absolute beast. Like I said, averaging 35, 15, and 10. He's favorite player. 51% shooting from the field and 47% shooting from the three-point line has been on a tear. If Aiden is playing with Wake the ribs, up. crack the ribs. Sweep oh. the legs. Oh, this Swipe happens. at the hand. This happens. A little, a little uh, chicken bone here. Oh, I, I catch turn. By the way, Jokic does this all the time now. He'll catch you with little body blows here and there. This is Jay's favorite that's, thing in that's basketball. How, well, as a fighter, Max, you know how certain players work the body? That's how Jokic does all the time. He works the body. So that's going to work against Aiden. So same way we talked about AD and Draymond Green, meeting him early, checking him. I would do the same thing to Aiden. That's an advantage for Jokic. And also Jamal Murray getting involved. Jamal Murray's mid-range game, man, like the way he's on post-ups is one of the best-kept secrets in the league that nobody really talks about on the, on the national media scale. It, his game is so different. If you can get contributions from their bench like you got from Bruce Brown, if you can get guys like Aaron Gordon who plays better, guys like KCP who takes on the challenge of guarding D-Book, minimize those guys. Like we said before, Phoenix takes some of the most difficult shots in basketball. Yes, Key. Yes. So minimize them on the mid-range shots. I think Denver closes it out tonight. Jay, I think at some point one of your parents took you to Cobra Kai for some uh, karate training when you were a kid. Cobra Kai. No matter what it is, Cobra Kai. Jay's favorite thing, he takes a special delight, Key. You could see his whole face light up. If there's an injury on a team, 
He wants the other team to go at the injury, whether it's swiping at the hands, and he shows you too. He comes down hard. He wants to show you. Whether it's elbow in the ribs, he always wants you to sweep the leg. Yeah, what the, what that's they, what they do in basketball. What did Kobe like do when they uh, USA Basketball and the Redeem team, you see that, where they played against Spain? They're playing against Paul Gasol. Yeah. You remember what he said before the game? I'm going to mm-hmm. knock his head off the first possession. Sure. Just let him know I'm here. That's all. Just Why did you say message. my name, though, Jay? Huh? Why did you say my name? Because you were you, you were, mimicking you were like, me. yes, Key. You were mimicking You were mimicking me. Was I? Yeah, they caught you yeah, on camera. Yeah, we have you on yeah. video. You were on camera doing it. But the fact that you don't know, the fact that no, he's, he's not a, aware means that he was, he was just doing it for his own amusement and they caught I'm him on camera. I'm sitting in a room by myself. I'm bored. This is what it feels like when you're in prison, right? <laughs> this is what it feels like. In a room by myself. Just and like actually, prison, it could yes. feel very <laughs> different as well. <laughs> padded walls around here as well, so. Why y'all laugh? I'm in here by myself. There's nobody. I'm here in the studio. <laughs> Why are y'all laughing? This explains some things about his drinking habits. The hot ticket is brought to you by Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Get great deals on the hottest tickets. Experience it live. One of the most underappreciated. Max in one of these rooms. I would the most Max underappreciated leader at all. Max too pretty. Max they got me survived. in solitary in there. <laughs> One of the most under, underappreciated leaders in sports is finally getting his due. Are you guys finally going to get some credit? Aaron is that what's going like? on? Come here. Are you guys throwing me a surprise party or something? Is that what's happening? Come, Come here, you here. little Mike Greenberg lookalike. K- KJM ESPN Radio. <laughs> Give me your food. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. And joined now by Sean Mullen. He's director of It Ain't Over. It's a story of Yogi Berra's remarkable life. It Ain't Over opens only in theaters starting Friday, May 12th in New York and Los Angeles. Morning, Sean. Hey, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Great to have you. I, I wanted to have you on because this has been a subject I've been trying to figure out how to broach it on air because Yogi Berra is not on the tip of everyone's tongue and Mott, right? But Yogi Berra, to explain to people who he is, he's, he's very known for his famous sayings and everything, but in fact 
is the Bill Russell or Tom Brady of baseball. If Tom Brady and Bill Russell are both in the GOAT conversations in their sport, then Yogi should be too. He was the catcher, which is like the quarterback. He made all his pitchers better, demonstrably. You could look it up in the stats. They all had career years when they got to the Yankees. Uh, Alan Barra's book points this out. He won 10 championships as the cleanup hitter, right? All these things. What more can you tell me about the documentary, which I saw last night? Oh, man. Well, there's, there's so much to say. I mean, I think one of the things we really try to tackle in this documentary is the idea you can't be both funny and good. You know, Oscars don't win. You know, our comedies don't win Oscars. You know what I'm saying? It's like the, it's, society has a hard time allowing somebody to be kind of goofy and, and silly, and, but also good. You know, nobody wants the jester to be the king, and I think Yogi was both, you know? Mm. Tim, what made, uh, Sean, what made you get involved in this, uh, this project? Uh, you know, it actually came to me. It came to me through a, a, a producer I'd worked with before. I'm a filmmaker. I live in Los Angeles. And uh, uh, Peter and Mike Sobloff are these two producers in New York who brought the project to me. They had a connection to the Barra family. And I started talking. And honestly, when they first approached me, I was like, I don't know, this guy's life seems too perfect. Like, what's the drama? How am I going to tell a story about mm. this? But then I started digging deeper. And I realized, oh, this guy was like criminally overlooked his whole life. You know, not just, you know, in the big leagues, but his whole life. And so I, I really took that angle and dug into it. And, um, you know, the, the, the deeper I dug, the more stuff I unearthed, you know. I was going to ask you, Sean, so like, you know, our production company has produced a couple of different projects, right? And it, it always, you start off with like a thesis about what you think you're going to find, but once you start digging, you're like, damn, I never, I never knew that. I never, mm-hmm. what were some things that really stood out that you were almost like, damn, I never, I never knew this about him. Yeah, I mean, I think some of those fall in line with, st- you know, so on the base, on the sports side, I mean, the biggest thing that I, I unearthed that's not actually in the film that I, I like to talk about is the fact that Yogi's one of only two players in the history of baseball to, to finish top four in MVP voting seven years in a row, which is an astonishing wow. feat. It's an astonishing feat. It's him and Mike Trout, which is, people don't think of Yogi in those terms, I think. But then on the non-baseball side, I mean, it, Really just like what a wonderful, as great of a player as he was, he was a better person. And that's really pretty astonishing. And this, this love story between him and Carm, his wife. So it, it really appeals to a broad audience, the film, I think, in a way that I maybe didn't expect going into it, you know? By the way, I want to say something about Yogi Berra, Jay, because I know you're new to baseball. Yeah, yeah. He loves baseball you know, since he's a kid who's a baseball player. But Yogi Berra, what Sean just outlined, and it's Sean Mullen, director of It Ain't Over, a very good Yogi Berra documentary, which opens in theaters Friday, May 12th in New York and L.A. I watched it last night. Yogi Berra, because he's not, you know, the catching position, they call it the tools of ignorance. It's not glamorous. But in fact, it is the point guard or maybe point center or quarterback of the baseball team. The catcher needs to know all the pitchers and all the hitters, all their tendencies, because he's calling the game. And Yogi Berra, throughout his career, whenever the Yankees would acquire a pitcher, they'd have all their best seasons pit throwing to Yogi Berra, right? So that's huge. But then as a hitter, catcher's numbers, Jays, are, are always depressed because it's such a physical position it takes a toll on your offense so as great as Berra was offensively the numbers were depressed by the fact that he caught and he straddled the errors between DiMaggio and Mantle the two most glamorous players of the era so he's overlooked but he won three MVPs finished second twice finished third finished fourth finished in the top 15 four or five other times and won 10 championships as the guy hitting in the middle of the lineup. How is Tom Brady or Bill Russell any greater in their sports than that? He's just a, he's the same guy. 
Listen, you you took the words right out of my mouth, you know? I mean, I agree. He's really, and the fact is that he didn't receive this recognition, really. I mean, yes, people knew Yogi Berra was really good, but they don't know, I don't think they realize how great he was, and that's really one of the things we're trying to get out in this documentary. But why did he not receive that type of recognition during that time? Honestly, I thought that people thought he was a clown. People thought he was a goof. People didn't take him seriously. People, you know, they made a cartoon, Yogi Berra, you know, at the height of his fame in 1958, a cartoon comes out called Yogi Berra, this bumbling idiot you know cartoon comes out you know it's no coincidence that that happened right and maybe he's known for those expressions that get you scratching your head like like tell jay a couple of them that what's your favorite? It ain't over till it's over, right? If you yeah. come to a fork in the road, take it. What others? Do oh, you I mean, you know, they were, he was driving his family one time. His wife said they were lost. He said, "Yeah, but we're making great time," you know, which, which is like, I mean, come on. I mean, how do you beat that? I, nobody goes to that restaurant anymore. It's too crowded. You know, that's which a is great true. One. It's so true. Like so it's many true. of those so expressions true. are true. It's, it's the best, man. And it gets late early around yeah, here, right? Wasn't that Yogi? It yeah, gets the, late early. Yeah, yeah. The future ain't what it used to be. You know, ah. I mean, you know, he, he's got them all, man. I mean, he's he's you know, I couldn't I couldn't put this in the doc because I couldn't find the official stat, but I've heard multiple times he's the second most quoted American outside Mark Twain. So this guy's a national treasure. He's an incredible person. He lived an incredible life. But I think society just has a hard time, you know, viewing people like him as anything other than a character. And he's funny looking. He was like, when when he was signed by the Yankees, I forgot who it was, said they found one uglier than Keller, I think, yeah. was right. Charlie Keller, who was called yeah, King the, Kong the, Keller for the Yankees. Keller man. Yeah, King, okay, yeah. No, no, they, yeah. they said, and some, <laughs> I think someone said they didn't sign him, they trapped him, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, you know, like Yogi, Yogi Berra, no, I said, uh, Jay, I, I, look at his, come on, look at you know, It took you, it took you five minutes to get there this guy on TV. But, but I, he's also five foot seven, squat. Like he, there was nothing glamorous about him, and no. that's one of the reasons and, also. And you got hey, Joe DiMaggio, who's slick and polished. You know, dating Marilyn Monroe. Oh, you know, yeah. you've got Mickey Mantle, who's the strapping, you know, Midwestern blonde hair, blue eyed god. And then you got Yogi. You know, and it just he didn't fit the image. You know, Sean, how how much is he just? How much is he really underappreciated in terms of athletes? I mean, you know, he's not, you know, he's not listed as the goat in a lot of ways that Max was just saying. I mean, he's not listed uh, in, in a lot of these kind of upper echelon categories. Yes, he's respected. Yes, he's in the Hall of Fame. Yes, he's one of the kind of all-time greats. But, you know, I, we just felt like he didn't necessarily, you know, get the due he deserved. And, and a lot of that was because of his personality, unfortunately. Max, did yeah. you know that Yogi Bear, the, the cartoon and stuff, did yeah. you know that that came? Yeah. Hey, hey, boo-boo. You Yogi <laughs> Bear was ba- like Yogi Berra for sure. And and by yeah. the way, Barra's book convinced me. I always thought Bench was the greatest catcher of all time. And really the answer might be Josh Gibson, but he spent his career in the Negro Leagues, right? So right. people don't know. Right. But actually Barra laid out a very good case in his book on Yogi that he, in fact, was at least the greatest catcher who ever lived. He should be in that conversation. And that's all we're trying to say, too. Like, we opened the film talking about how Yogi was left off of the all-time greats, uh, living greats in 2015, you know. And there was, listen, there was Mays, Aaron, you know, Koufax, and Bench. And all those are incredible players. I, mean, I think Mays is the greatest player ever played the game. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm all for all those people being um, recognized. We just thought, hey, Yogi should be in that conversation. Hey, what about the, the Presidential Medal of Freedom? Cause, could you tell the story about Because yeah. Yogi also... Um, after Pearl Harbor, I suppose it was. Was it before Pearl Harbor when he enlisted in the army? It was after. It was in nineteen forty. It was towards the end. It was okay, nineteen forty-four. So, the, so yeah. he enlists before he's drafted. Yep. And 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 was one, you know among the wave that stormed the beach at Normandy. And and although he didn't actually reach the beach, he was in the water. But he didn't like, know how to swim. 
real. Didn't know how to swim. Was on the boat. Had to fish dead bodies oh. out of the water. Yeah. Got the pur- should have gotten the Purple Heart, right? Yeah, but he didn't. He didn't want. Uh, he was injured, but he didn't want his mom to worry about him. So he didn't write. He didn't apply for the Purple Heart because the word would go back to St. Louis that he uh, he had been injured. So he didn't want word to travel back. No. Yeah. He. He, I mean, he's a war hero. He had a Yankee contract in hand, and he he put that on hold to volunteer to go serve and, and be in the Normandy invasion. And uh, you know that was another connection for me personally. I'm actually I uh, I had gone to West Point for college. I was a, 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 in the army, a captain in the army. And I was actually a first responder down at Ground Zero after the attacks of September 11th. And so having seen all that type stuff and going through that myself allowed me, I think, to kind of really dig and make a meal of that whole D-Day section. You know? And how did he get the Presidential Medal of Freedom? <laughs> well, uh, Lindsay had a lot to do with it. His granddaughter had a lot to do with it. I mean, we, you know, there was a campaign, but it took until the very last minute. Like, people still weren't voting for him to get the Presidential Medal. So he Medal. needed 100,000 votes in, in how long? In 30 days. He had 30 days to get 100,000 votes, and he, up until the day of, he was at 60,000. In order to petition the President to yeah. give him the, yeah. and, and like, day, within, within the, in the closing moments, basically, he gets enough votes in and then Obama presents him with the Presidential Medal of Sean, Freedom. Not, not to bring it to a little bit more of a depth place, but like you obviously just made mention of two massive events in human history from you know, the invasion of Normandy and then also 9-11. Like how, how was that moment of the film for you? Like obviously recalling nine eleven, yeah, and while thinking through invading Normandy. No, I mean, listen, I would, you know, I'm not putting anything on par with what I did with what Yogi did uh, in Normandy, but I definitely had an emotional connection to what he went through, and and you know, being part of the aftermath of something like that and seeing that, I knew that it, it played an important part of his life, and I think it really did help, kind of ground him in a way that I think a lot of ball players didn't have. Although you did have the Ted Williams, you did have the guys who went off to war back then. It was a different time, right? Where people would put their career on hold and go go serve. So, uh, but with Yogi, it really did ground him, I think, really, really well when he came home. And, you know, as tough as, uh, you know, it is to be batting at the bottom of the ninth, it's not as tough as, uh, you know, being in war. You and know? before I let you go, the the... The doc really gets into eventually a life well lived, yeah, right? And absolutely. and you interview guys, Key and Jay, you may be interested in this because Yogi Berra comes into a league that had just begun to integrate, really. Yeah, absolutely. And and his the way he treated other players and eventually even LGBTQ, right? Like could you talk just about that for a moment? Yeah, no, he was really just, I mean, coming from the service is another thing about the military. The military desegregated before most of society, and so he served with people yep. from all different backgrounds and races. And so he comes to the league, and it's just, you know, the first thing he does is, you know, he's in the minors. He's playing at Newark, and Jackie is up in Montreal, and, you know, they play against each other. And, you know, he's like, you know, when they both made it to the majors later, he's like, welcome to Major League Baseball, and thank you for your service. You know, he just treated everybody the same. And it was very important that people like Yogi really stood up for people who had been kind of historically, um, you know, Othered and left out of these, uh, left out of uh, mainstream society. You know, Sean, right off the top of your head, before we let you go, what what uh, what theaters in Los Angeles? Is the doc playing at it? If you if you know off the top of your head, yeah, off the top of my head in LA, there's you know I don't know the names. There's two on the west side, and and, and I think one in Burbank. It's opening week, so it's like three or four theaters in LA to start, but a hundred theaters in the tri-state area opening this weekend, May twelfth, and then it's going to be expanding all across the country. Um, you know, all summer essentially. This is theaters only. This film. I mean, it's Sony Pictures Classics. They decided we're not streaming. We're, this thing is a theatrical film. It plays great with an audience, and so it'll be. It's, it's on itain'tovermovie.com. Uh, is the um, you can go 
there. It's the Sony Pictures website, and you'll see. But it's playing, yeah, handful of theaters in L.A. to start this weekend. Um, I'm doing a bunch of Q&As this weekend with Lindsay Barris. So if you're in the tri-state area, we're doing about 10 Q&As this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Really cool. yeah Lindsay Barris, the granddaughter. She narrates the film. She's an executive producer. So um, And uh, Dale Barr is doing some with us, and, and Larry and Tim Barr. And so we're doing a bunch of, you know, bunch of promos this weekend in, in New York area. So come on out if you can. But it'll also, for those of you across the country, this will be playing in theaters all across the country Great this moments of, of how Yogi staged an intervention with Dale with his drug use. And also, key, they get a lot into Jackie Robinson's steal of home, where <laughs> Berra insisted he was tagged out. And Jackie, you know, obviously was called safe. And they get in uh, and the, the opinion of the film. Well, I'll let you see it for yourself. But uh, Jackie comes out looking pretty good. Sean Faith. Mullen, director of It Ain't Over, That's the story awesome, of Yogi Berra's remarkable life. It Ain't Over opens only in theaters starting Friday, May 12th in New York and L.A. Thanks, Sean. Oh, man. Thank you all mm-hmm. so much. All Thank right, you Sean. very much. More yeah. KJM coming up. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. There's been someone, there's someone on the line, been waiting to talk about, I'm guessing your game plan, Jay, but obviously also some Miami Heat. Stacy from Florida, ladies and gentlemen. Morning, Stacy. Hey, Stacy. Everybody. Yes, I'm calling. Put my tail in between my legs. We got ahead of ourselves yesterday. Um, I expect them to win at home, but I was very impressed with Jalen Brunson the way he played yesterday and they showed some heart and a little bit more heart than uh, uh, Miami Heat it's like they want to go ahead and just take it home and win it from there you know Brunson he, he, he kind of reminds you of a Pat Riley exposure player doesn't he yeah he does He, I mean wow I never knew he had it like that because really I don't watch the New York Knicks too much um, but they uh, they did they did very well yesterday. Um, when it comes to uh, the Knicks, I mean the um, 
Boston Celtics and 76ers. I hope the 76ers win it tonight. But um, I don't have too much faith in in uh, Coach Missoula. Um, they just got, like they said, random. Everything's random. So somebody has to be a star. Even when you got three big people, three uh, stars on the team, I have more faith in, in Brown than I do Tatum. But uh, they need smart to step up. They need somebody to basically be the emotional leader of that team, and I don't feel like it's been um, smart lately. But Coach Missoula, he just has to uh, – I don't think he can out-coach uh, Doc Rivers, even though I'm not a big fan of Doc Rivers, because, you know, I think sometimes he's uh, overrated. Right, listen, Stacy, um, we want you to call yeah. back. We need you to call back with, after the Heat win. Because I can hear right away when the Heat lose the whole energy. Do you hear that, guys? I never heard Stacy sound so defeated. She's, she's usually hurt. she's usually lecturing upbeat. you about yeah, upbeat, basketball, and, but, but see, today it was but, like all she was depressed. But about see, the this allows me to have a moment that is very reflective of the show in my life. You know, yeah. I, it, Mr. Joey Keyshawn Johnson, <laughs> dear that? friend, oh, gosh. who doesn't return phone calls when you tell him, "Hey, I'm coming to Calabasas." Like, ah, oh, I got dinner. You know, but it's it's. You know, and typically he when schedules he, dinners based on the day you say you're going to be in Calabasas. Yes, yeah, like one time every six months. You know what I mean? But that's fine. I'll take that personally. But also, like, hey, Key, I saw you did it. Who, who me? I, no, I didn't do that. Yeah. So we have actually video evidence, Max, of video Key of what? mocking Man, what? me okay. during my breakdown. All right, let's see. Let's see. Look, there, there it is. Look, look. <laughs> there he is. You guys can't see it. It's on ESPN. You doing with the hands. Yeah. I'm not doing yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, that's, this We're watching you having a seizure? It. What would you Where call this, Keith? No, this is what happens Where? when you're sitting in a room for four hours by yourself. What are you, breakdancing? Well, yeah, he got the windbreaker on <laughs> and everything. exactly what you do. You look like, you look like Turbo from Breaking, too. <laughs> no, that's Jay. Every move. Look, no, I don't see me in the video at all. That's that's... You no, doing I, that? You're just bored. I'm not in I the bet video. You they That's did a split screen side by side. Just like I, I see no split screen. I want to ask you something though before we get off the air today, Jay. Would you ever spend five hundred thousand dollars on a date? No. Okay. No. You, Max? Not on any date in history. Like, just tell me a day in history. Not on that date. No. Because allegedly, allegedly, somebody spent half a buck on a date. On Ice Spice? Just, yeah. Let's go ahead and say Jordan Poole, man. Oh, was it? Okay, so Jordan Poole. See, that, that, You're saying Draymond was trying to knock some sense into him preseason? <laughs> what are you trying to say? This dude, man, why are you... <laughs> I'm just wondering what, you're, what the point is. No, I was just... Key. I'm like, Key, you spinning man. out, you really trying. Like, come on. Was it a date or was he already dating? I'm I, trying to get the gossip. I don't believe in spending that money on your wedding. I don't believe in spending that money over the course of your marriage. What are you talking I need about? to know. Yates. Yates, we need details. Yates, I need details. Was he already dating or was this the first date? Was he courting? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to understand. I'm not sure. So from, from what I understand, it's like a, a totality of like an, a, a time that they spent together, whether it's, you know, buying a, a, a who's G-Wagon keep, who's or whatever. Who's keeping track of the prices there? I don't know, but I, all I know is I got the money to spend in the first place. But is I'm not, Ice Spice worth $500,000? How do you spend five hundred? What is this, Brewster's oh, no, Millions? How do you even do that? Anybody. Let me, let me I'm not putting a price on nobody, but <laughs> what I'm not saying is it's not what I meant. I'm just saying. Jay cut and check. Pull it back. Rewind it. Cut it uh, out. And then Jay gets uh, defensive when, uh, you know, insulty when someone's trying to protect him. No, I, I just asked the question. No, I no. didn't. No, no. They're, they're I, I just was like a half a buck. 
I mean, like, okay, so if he's dating her for a period of time, I get it. But it making it sound like he just how do you like, even like do it? Key, yeah, it I, don't, I don't know. How about do you even that. do it on a date? You have to understand, baby. Parking was crazy. Oh my god, I had to tip the valet four hundred thousand. No, I, I, I don't he, get it. How do you spend it on a date? He bought is, her a car. She like half that. That's at least no. Half he that. bought her that's a, not a, a Maybach, that's a, gift. a Maybach truck or something. Was like a buck seventy five. You don't not, bring not flowers and chocolates. You bring a G wagon. Not if he got the G wagon during the height. No, like no, no. I'm talking about the, the Maybach. Were... It was like the Maybach okay. truck. I don't know, man. That's the gossip, man. I'm just trying to get the gossip. H or an I, L wagon. That's beyond a G wagon. I'd feel, a million. I couldn't, Come on. I'd feel uncomfortable spending $500. The key, the AMG G63, that cost three fifty, man. Pat didn't even know numbers went up to 500000 You know, you can, get a, you know you can get a Prius for 32000 and you can get the, you can accomplish everything. I, I spice, I spice can't pull up to the, I spice can't pull up to the Met Gala in the Prius though. And you can catch Justin Bieber. You either cold, you cold blooded when you driving a Prius. That's cool. Can you film that new reality show? Show up to the gala. It was with cool, Kay. It was cool. Yes. Prius, yeah. It was in style at one point. Man, y'all crazy, man. Man, Keyshawn, like Jay, Will, and know. Max. Can't do it. See you tomorrow. Greeny coming up right now. Back to Sam. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.